Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. All right, it is my privilege to be able to share with you a message from Mother's Day, and you know how come I'm the one sharing it, right? Because Jeff didn't want to. So Dan gets to do Mother's Day for the second year in a row. Now, as we begin it, and I kind of say that jokingly, but I'm going to start with a a bit of a disclaimer here. And, And the reason why is this, is my wife and I were talking. She happened to read this letter, open letter to a pastor from a lady who said, I don't want to have Mother's Day service anymore because I don't have any children. And when you do that, you uh, alienate people without children, you make us feel bad, and so stop it. And as I I read that and and we we discussed it a little bit, uh, as we have Mother's Day, I understand that Mother's Day can be a very emotional holiday in a negative way. Because I know that there are people who would like to have the gift of children and, they, and they've tried, and God has not blessed them in that way. I know Mother's Day can be difficult because uh, if someone has either gone through the death of a mother uh, recently or the death of a child, Mother's Day is like that ringing reminder and, and, and bringing back of, of all of that pain uh, of, of the loss. But today, as we look at Mother's Day, the reason why we are going to celebrate it and why we can is each and every one of us here was given a gift of life from a mother. Whether it was a birth mom who later put us up for adoption or whether it was from an adoptive parent who welcomed us into their home, it doesn't make any difference. So if you're whatever... Whoever is your mother who has ever has filled that role for you, we are going to be here to celebrate it. We are going to thank God for them. And we are also going to see that those who are in a role as mothers right now, encouragement and direction God gives from his word uh, to direct you uh, as you go forward. So to get us going a little bit, Uh, I thought I would have a little video that would help us understand a little bit possibly about being a mother. And we'll watch it right now. Just give me one second. Thank you. Sorry. Uh Uh-huh. Hey. Hi. Two minutes. Thank you. Hi. Good afternoon. Sorry about that. Hey, Oi. Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Have you ever done one of these interviews over the camera before? No. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the job to get started with. It's not just um, a job. It's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is Director of Operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category for the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time, uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like 
For how many hours? Uh, 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have a chance from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? Uh, you mean like a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, is that even legal? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like no lunch? You can or... have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. Uh, I think that's a little intense. No. No. Not possible. That's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, and the culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up with an associate throughout the night. Being able to work in a chaotic environment, if you, if you had a life, we'd ask you to sort of give that life up. No vacations. In fact, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and holidays, the workload is going to go up, and we demand that with, with a happy disposition. Uh, that's almost cruel. <laughs> that's almost a, a very, very sick, twisted joke. But when there's time to sleep or... Oh, no time to sleep. Yeah, all-encompassing, all almost. That's exactly right. 365 days a year? Yes. No, that's, that's inhumane. That's, that's very insane. The meaningful connections that you make and the, the feeling that you get from really helping your associate are immeasurable. Also, let's cover the salary. The position is going to pay absolutely nothing. Excuse me? No. Nobody's doing that for free. Yeah, pro bono. <laughs> completely for free. No. What if I told you there's someone that actually currently uh, holds this position right now? Billions of people, actually. Who? Moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moms. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and they meet every requirement, oh, don't wow. they? Oh, my God. Moms are the best. Yeah, there's no pay. They're 24 hours. They're always there. Now I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah, and what are you thinking about her? I'm thinking about all those nights and everything. All right. So as we get started, now we understand a little bit about what moms do. And, and, and really, from a worldly standpoint, how people look at, at mothers. But today, as we, we meet, we want to also go into God's Word to see what He has to say about mothers and, and children and, and relationships with parents. And we do that as we look at our crosswalk notes, if you get those out right now. And where we are going to start is Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. Psalm 127, 3 to 5. And this is what it says. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so as it, as it talks about children, it, it definitely points to children as a gift from God, something to be desired, something that God will want to give to his children and his children will want to welcome from him. And then as you look at, at that relationship of, of exactly how parents work with their children and really what the purpose of that relationship is, go to Mark 10 verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. And so that, that's the idea. That's what parents do. Parents bring their children to Jesus. That is their job, that their heavenly father 
gives them children, and they bring them right back to him. So in the blank, you can write, Moses, or excuse me, Moses, moms and dads have been given a gift in their children. God has entrusted them to your care. Moms and dads have been given a gift in their children. God has entrusted them to your care. Do you believe that? Do you believe that children are a gift from God? Every year in our country, and, and, and this, is, this isn't a, a big part of the sermon, but this is something that we really need to, to understand, that as we live in our society, that children are not seen as the gift from God that they used to be. God gives children to parents. He, he entrusts them. It's a gift from God. But yet, last year in the United States, 1.3 million mothers chose to not only not accept that gift from God, but terminate the life of a child. Last, last year, 4,000 roughly, 4,000 or so Abortions every day. And, and, and in God giving this gift to mothers, that, that he, he gave mothers a, a very safe place to keep that child inside of a womb, able to be nurtured, able to be protected. And, and we have taken that place and, and we have made it a place that is not safe for children. And as we look at it, again, I think it's important because as we look at this idea of a, a gift, just because it is a gift from God, children are a gift from God, it doesn't mean that having children is easy or necessarily fun. And so my wife and I, we're, we're talking about this, and, and, and we asked the question, why would anyone want to have children? And what we found is God giving the gift of a child is almost like someone giving you the gift of a puppy. It's like, oh yeah, they're really nice, but they're really a lot of work. And so as we looked at this, these are some of the ways that as you can look at children, if you're going to have children, first of all, children are inconvenient. They just are. They're, they're inconvenient because what ends up happening, especially when they are young, but then as they get older, it's the same way that your life really has to revolve around them. That they have certain needs that you need to fill. And so there's this planning and there's, there's running around all of the time. The next thing children are. Children are expensive. And I'm not just talking about the whole birthing process and everything like that and the doctor bills, but I went online and the number that I found was two hundred dollars to $500,000 is what it costs to raise a child to 18 years old, and that does not include any schooling, uh, paying for anything besides the public school system. And as I looked at that and realized I had five children, I realized I really do discount children very well uh, as you look at the expense. Another thing that kids can be is 
exhausting. And, and especially for those that are here that have young children, I, I, I think about that and, and Jonathan especially. Jonathan makes me laugh because uh, his daughter Adeline's pretty young yet and he's got great stories of just being up at night and, and you see him in the morning, you're like, dude, you don't look so good. And he's like, Adeline was up at four o'clock wanting breakfast and whatever, that, they, that the kids, they're tiring uh, and, it, and they have these needs uh, demanding. Uh, kids can also be demanding, again, because they don't like to hear the word no. And so the question then is why? Why, why if that is what having children can be, do, do we have them anyways? And, and one of the things that you begin to, to realize is, is that when you have children, it is to give something much more than it is to get something. And that is what we under, need to understand is that when we are given children, what the Lord is really given, giving us is the opportunity to give back and, and to show love not only to them, but to the one who has given them to us in the first place. Because as I look at my children, first and foremost, they are not my children. They are God's children that he has entrusted to me. And so as I look at what my responsibilities are, my responsibilities are are all of the things that are talked about, mom's responsibilities, all the things that are talked about in the director of operations. But most important, most important job as, as a parent can be seen in your crosswalk, kids connect. The second paragraph, it says, Children's ministry at Crosswalk is here to help you raise your kids to know Jesus and to follow him when they grow up so that that you can hug them someday in heaven. That's our job. That is the job as parents, as mothers, is to share Jesus with our children. That's a hard job. And and it's a job that continues to go over, over a period of time. And so, what, where we need to start, because it is such a difficult job, is with the next passage. 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. In the blank, you can write, first and foremost, moms need to remember that they are children. Moms, you're a child. Dad, you're, you're a child. And one of the things that helped me appreciate that this week and, and really in the last couple months is I have been assisting, uh, I've been assistant softball coach for Arizona Lutheran Academy. And for the softball team, we had a really good run this year. We had 27 wins. We were ranked number one in Division Four. Uh, it was it was great. It was a wonderful season. Uh, and so today, though, in the state tournament, we lost. And one of the things that was interesting to see is, is watching uh, the dynamic of the team, and and having two daughters on the team kind of react to, to you as a coach and as a parent when they lose and, and when they, they, they do bad. 
in their eyes. And so they come to you and you can see this insecurity that they're like, well, if I would have got this base hit and if I would have made this out or if I would have made this catch, we wouldn't have lost. And then you wouldn't need to be disappointed in me. And when they talk that way, I'm like, slow down. I mean, this is a game, okay? This is a game, and you are my daughter. And, and for all the money in the world or anything else, there's no way I would change that for anyone on the other team or to get a win out of this in any way. And, and, and what can happen is this, is that sometimes as, as children, we can be insecure because of our weaknesses. And, and as a parent, when we see our children's weaknesses... And we love them anyways. I'd like to think it it makes us appreciate even more our Father in heaven that looks down on us and loves us in spite of our weakness, in spite of our sins, and in in spite of our our shortcomings and failures. And that is why moms and dads and whoever else is listening, that as we begin this, you need to be able to start from that perspective that, that God loves me intensely. And nothing that I do or, or don't do is going to separate me from that love. But he forgives those sins, those shortcomings, and encourages me and, and, and wants to hold me tight. So that having been said, we, we go into what exactly God would have us do. And Deuteronomy 6 is the portion of God's word that really speaks to this. Uh, and, and so we start with Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 6. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Second Timothy says it another way, really building on this when it says, uh, this is Paul writing to Timothy, writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So as we look at this, how to be a mom that, that God wants us to be, first one, godly parenting starts with Jesus in my heart. Jesus in my heart. The Bible says it a number of different ways. And, and it's Jesus in my heart. It's, it's me modeling Jesus in my life. It, it's my children watching what I say. But but watching even more what I do and, and how it is that I reflect this great love for Christ in, in my life as I offer and ask for forgiveness. That as they see me growing in my faith and, and the fruits of the Spirit, that, that I hopefully am becoming more Christ-like, that they look at me and know I'm not perfect, but know that through Jesus Christ I am forgiven. And that same forgiveness is something that I want to offer them. One of the ways that I would encourage, I would strongly encourage you to do this. And, and one of the ways that, that to help you as you continue to, to grow that love with Jesus in your heart. It, it, well, as a discipleship pastor, 
It, it happens by following Jesus, by, by being a disciple, by spending time with Jesus. And, and you can do that in, in devotions that you do at home. One of the ways that I would encourage you to do it is, is go through this, the, the growth cycle, which is hearing God's word and doing, hearing and doing. And as you grow in your faith and as Jesus becomes more and more entrenched in your heart and life, your children are not only witnesses of it, but they're beneficiaries of it. As you treat them with the same type of love that Christ has shown to you. And so at this time, parents, one of the moms, I would encourage you to do this. Dads, everyone here, just one of the ways that I am really going to be emphasizing is to encourage you to make steps along the, the, uh, the class system here at Crosswalk, 101 through 501. Many have gone through 101 and 201, but not many through 301, 401, 501. And those are so important because those have to do with molding your life and, and giving a mission, a personal mission, and, and ways that you share your faith, not just with those outside of the church, but those inside and those inside your home. That encouragement to continue to grow, to continue to be a lifelong learner, a lifelong follower of Jesus Christ. And they will see Jesus in your heart. We go on from there. Deuteronomy 6 verse 7. So now he's in my heart. The next one, impress them on your children. So these teachings that you've learned, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So, so having this as a regular part of your life. Exodus 12 verse 26 says this, And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them. It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshipped. Again, what he's, what he's telling them, this is Moses talking to the people. When your kids see what you're doing, they are going to be inquisitive. They are going to ask you what it is that you're doing, what it is that you're thinking, and, and to be ready to explain this to them. So, so the next one is, godly parenting means Jesus is on my lips. Jesus is on my lips. If there is one thing in my house that I, I think I, is probably my strength, it's this. This is the thing that, that when we have family discussions, that we use opportunities, and I use real life constantly with my children. This week, first of all, we talked about race. What, what do you think about that? Uh, what that Sterling said about African-American people, girls? What do you think about that? What do you think about people with different ethnicity than you? Uh, what do you think? Do you think some people just dislike people because they are from a different race? What do you think about that? But what do you think Jesus thinks about that? And why? And that's when you, you start to have, have these discussions that, that have meaning and, and that you take this Christianity and to understand that, that what it means when Jesus went to the cross to pay for the sins of all people. 
And when Jesus showed love to anyone, whether it was a woman from Samaria or a person from Israel or a Roman soldier, it didn't make any difference. Jesus was colorblind when it came to race. He loved them all. He gave his life for all of them. And why would we not love people the same way? But as long as we're talking about that and get that out of the way, what's the deal with this guy having a girlfriend and a wife at the same time? Let's talk about that. Uh, what do you think about the, these situations where, where this happens? What, what would you say to someone you knew who is going through something like that? How does it affect you? And it's just the two girls home now. When you're looking for someone that you would want to date and maybe one day marry, what, what would you think about them treating someone like that? But then we go on. I mean... Watch the news and talk to your kids about the news. And you are going to, to be going a long way in, in uh, grooming them. And, and not grooming them, but bringing them closer to Christ and having them understand how practical faith is. Because they can see Jesus in every day and the applications of God's word. And if you feel that you are not prepared to do that, then go to 101, 201, 301, 401, and be prepared. Uh, go and be in a situation where you can give your children these answers, but even more than that, that you will have these answers as well. The next thing, Deuteronomy 6, 8, and 9, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. So godly parenting means Jesus is visible in my home. Jesus is visible in my home. I want you to do, this is, this is for you, this is a, a homework assignment. I want you to walk in your home tonight. And I want you to look at everything in your home and find out, if someone who didn't know you walked in that house, what they would know about you. Well, you had your Cardinals flag outside. Excuse me, Dallas Cowboy flag there. Okay, Ralph, sorry. So they'll know, so they'll know which football team I like. They'll know I'm, I'm very good with colors, that, that I, uh, I can put those things together, that I'm artsy, crafty, whatever. I, I don't know what the answer is. But my question to you is, will they be able to know who your Savior is? Will it be obvious to someone as they walk into your home that Jesus is what brings this home together? And, and that's the encouragement, is that every, every day that there are things on a regular part of your life that, that you see and, and it takes your thoughts to Christ. Another thing you can do, again, I don't know if, how you were raised or if you were like me. I, I grew up in a, a Christian home and I, and I grew up with parent, or grandparents who were Christian as well. And I just remember pictures. I remember the, a picture of Jesus praying on a rock in the Garden of Gethsemane. I just remember it at Grandma's house. I remember in my parents' house, there, there was a painting of the disciples on the way to Emmaus. Uh, that's Easter morning and Jesus talking with them along the road. I, I just vivid memories of that. I have memories of my grandma's house. There were two pictures. One was an old man and one was an old woman with their hands folded with a loaf of bread. 
and, and a little prayer on that giving thanks to God. Those are the memories I have as a child of a way that my parent, parents and grandparents brought Jesus into our life every day without ever saying a word, simply by, by having him visible in our lives. I would encourage you to do the same. So we do these things. We have Jesus on our, our hearts, Jesus on our lips, Jesus visible. And now all of us as, as children need to remember that, that that is what mothers and fathers are trying to do is bring us closer to Christ. So now what we need to do is this. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The encouragement to, to listen and to obey. And why is it? Why is it that if you, you listen to your parents, your life will be extended? Well, well, think about the things your parents told you to do and not to do. Don't run with scissors. I mean, come on. That's practically, that's going to save, you know, that's saved me a good 30, 40 years already. One of the things my mom told me whenever I, I borrowed the car, Daniel, drive under the speed limit. Do not speed in the car. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to her all the time, but it, it's good advice. And parents will do that. Things my mother told me, continue to go to church. Uh, all of those different things. Because your parents are looking out for your physical and spiritual well-being. Remember that. And then finally, Ephesians 6, verse 4, Fathers and parents, do not exasperate your children. Don't frustrate them, but rather explain things to them. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So in the blanks, we can write, When children obey their parents, God is praised. Parents are honored. And children are blessed. Sometimes in our meetings, Jeff likes to talk about a win-win situation. Yeah, this isn't win-win. This is win-win-win, which are mine. The three wins. Everyone wins. God is praised. Parents honored. Children are blessed. But here's where it ends up. Parents, you can bring your kids to Crosswalk Kids. You can take them other places where people will tell them about Jesus. But if Jesus is not in your hearts and on your lips and visible in your home, you're wasting your time and ours. Because even though at baptism... We, we, we stand here and, and we say, we ask the question, are you willing to do whatever is in your power so that this, this child may remain a child of God until death? If you're willing to do that, say, yes, and God, help me. And we say it, right? Yes, God, help me. God, give me strength to do it. What we are not doing is taking the role of the parent. We are not taking the responsibility that God has given to that parent to bring that child up, not as their child, but as God's child. Take that seriously. 
continue to go back and remember that you are a child of God and remind your children that they are too. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the gift of mothers today. And, and uh, Lord, what a great gift they are. And, and so, Lord, first of all, we thank you because you're the one who gave them to us. But remind us tonight and tomorrow to thank them as well, to tell them that we love them, uh, to, to thank them for all of the different things that they do for us and, and for the fact that they are with us all the time. Lord, please comfort those who are, are struggling, who, whose mothers have now been taken to be with you in heaven, or, or mothers who are struggling with the loss of, of children. Uh, bring them the comfort and, and hope that comes from being your child, letting them know that they are loved. But now, Lord, as we go forward, keep Jesus in our hearts and in our lips and visible in our lives so that our children may see you in everything we do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As we leave here tonight, what a blessing to know that we are all children of God. And one of the encouragements I'm going to give you is, is no matter where you're at, uh, talk to your kids about Jesus. And if you don't know where to start, Christy gives you a great resource every week at Crosswalk Kids. And, and it, as you look at that, it gives you things on each day, maybe a place to look in God's Word that will reinforce what they're learning on the weekend. And, and kids, talk to your mom and dad when, when you go to bed at night to take time to pray. Uh, to ask for God's blessing and, and to remind them also that, that Jesus loves them. And again, tonight you're thanking them, especially your moms, for all the things they do for you. So now as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Just a reminder as you go, we will uh, have Lord's Supper tonight uh, at about 25 after 7. See you on the patio.